You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well hey there everybody, it's me Joe Thrash and Kill You're listening to another thrilling episode of the Toilet of Hell radio show Joined today by my good friend and colleague The esteemed 365 Days of Horror Or as I like to call him, Jordan Jordan, how are you? 365 Days of Horror, Esquire. Ooh, I like that. Uh, what exactly is an Esquire? I've, I've always been too embarrassed to ask. I think it's just a title you put at the end of your name. Yeah, but like, do you have to do anything to earn the title of Esquire? I think at one point you did, but now you don't have to. Can like I, if, if Bill S. Preston Esquire can right. exist, so can... Well, I mean, like they these these kids, they were in like uh, was it San Dimas, which I assume was you know uh, an Orange County esque uh, town full of people that you know were you know extremely wealthy. Uh, you know, it didn't seem like a Stockton type uh, California town. It seemed you know on the other end of the spectrum. So could be that you know his father was uh, holding some kind of title, had some kind of land claim that might have made that worthwhile. I don't know. So he was like a, a California Duke. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a, it's like, you know, the Dukes of Hazard, but it's like the Dukes of, you know, Southern California. Um, According to Cornell University Law, in the United States, Esquire, often shortened to ESQ period, mm-hmm. is a title of courtesy given to a lawyer and commonly appended to his or her surname when addressing the lawyer in written form. Interesting. How much does law school cost? Like, not a good one, like a bad one. Well, a bad one. You could probably just send your checker money order to a PO box, and in a week you get a piece of paper saying that you're a lawyer. Okay, that seems worthwhile because I w- I want to be Joe Thrash and kill Esquire real bad. Um. Okay. If you if you y'all the- if if y'all know the name of a good uh, degree mill, uh, let us know in the comments. Uh, I got some work to do. You know, I'm ready to start on another degree here. Not like work hard on it, but start anyway. You can go the Better Call Saul route and go the University of American Samoa Law School. <laughs> I knew a guy uh, I grew up with who um, he fucked up pretty bad. He uh, he started out at uh, Baylor University, which uh, I don't know why you want to spend um, hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to Baptist A&M, but I knew a few people that did, but he failed out of there. Uh, failed out of a couple of other schools, ended up in the Caribbean trying to get a medical degree and then failed out of there too. So, What, St. George's? Um, I don't think it was St. George's. <laughs> it was something with way less uh, way less name recognition. Uh, point being, you did not want this guy to be your doctor. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, as a, a part of my job is to like see where doctors... Like go to school, mm-hmm. and you know, for the most part, it's all prestigious medical schools, and then occasionally right. it'll be like Liberty University. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't uh, know if I, I, I want someone who's taking care of my health to have gone to Liberty University, but occasionally you'll get like the St. George's or some sort of much smaller Caribbean school, or you're not an MD or a PhD or even a, a DO. You're starting to get all these weirder abbreviations. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, we went to a show um, in high school in, um, in Deep Ellum in Dallas, and uh, he, uh, after the show, 
we were in such good spirits that he went to one of the shady all night tattoo shops there and got the Chinese word for sex tattooed on his neck. Uh, this was again when we were in high school. So, uh, do you want that guy as your doctor? Maybe depends. And then you look up the different dialects and see it means something else and yeah, different versions of the it's, same language. It's one of those things. Like even if the the what you got is different from what you originally thought you were, what you were getting, how could it possibly be worse? <laughs> and like, yet somehow it could be. Anyway, uh, hope that guy's doing well. Anyway, um, Jordan, how are you doing today? Doing okay. How are you? I mean, I'm fucking tired or whatever. When this comes out, I'll be um, in Mexico. So if uh, if this one generates any controversy, feel free to get it all out right now while I don't see it. That would be great. I would love that. Yeah, feel free to tag you all you want and uh, go into your mentions and your comments and be real annoying about it. Yeah, not my menchies. Um, I feel like we haven't really had any controversies in years now. Am I am I misreading that or am I just numbed everything now? A little bit of both probably. Yeah. Um, but we haven't been going out of our way to do those things. We've been mature adults for quite a while and have been avoiding going after one specific person or website that has long been deserving of it. I do feel like every single episode includes at least me, me making at least one death threat. So again, people are just not listening, I suppose. Um, Ronnie Radke should die. Anyway. You, you got to go bigger and more specific. You got to save the time and the place and what method. I like that idea. Um, like I, I will be at the Incarceration Festival in the bell tower with the sniper rifle during... <laughs> uh, Falling in reverse is said at 8.45 on Friday night. See, I feel like that's the kind of thing, while very funny, might actually get, you know, a visit from the FBI or something like that. So you don't want to be that, maybe not that specific. Very funny, though. I like the idea. It's a good, it's a good hustle, to be sure. The FBI is on the Ronnie Radke beat, listening into phone calls, making sure their PSYOP is taken care of. Okay, so here's something that's happening right now, Jordan, and I feel like you, we need to talk. You and I have never talked about this ever before. It's never come up, but I feel like you and I mm. need to be aware of it right now. Um, so I got an email from Apple Podcasts the other day, right? Uh, mm -hmm. It says that uh, through the power of AI, by the way, this mm. is all of the all of the podcast technology that we're using right now, including the zoom call that we're on right now it keeps trying to do some kind of ai bullshit to it i don't know the point is um everything that we do is getting automatically transcribed now uh which means that you know while we're able to say some really out of pocket shit on the show because the only people that listen to this are people that for the most part agree with us uh anybody that's curious going forward can probably see like uh you know me being in the bell tower at 7.45 p.m. In, um, in Ohio at incarceration with my rifle aimed directly at Ronnie Radke's dick. So um, is that a concern for us going forward? What do you, Should we be concerned, Jordan? Um, depends on what we say and who we say it about, I suppose. We have done almost 500 hours of podcasting. And I know in that time... Whether as a goof or to fill time, you probably not you, but me have have definitely said something I should not have said. 
Um, so we'll see how that goes forward. I mean, the opposite end of that is that since this is happening to every podcast, I'm sure that there are other people out there that are way more out of pocket than me. So uh, well, we'll see. When, when when you're getting your balls hit with an electrical cord, you can uh, tell yourself that it was just all parody and satire. <laughs> Who is hitting my balls with an electrical cord? That's my question. So CIA, FBI, uh, Moms for Liberty. Mm. Well, they... You know, I was about to say something really gross there. I'm going to stop. Okay. Um, Ash you know, from Sumerian Records. Yeah, I, he. I don't think. I don't think he has it in him, man. He's going to need a whole crew to try to to try to restrain me to do a little cock and ball torture. I, don't, I just don't see it happening. Um, Speaking of cock and ball torture, all right. Um, I saw. I think in here's a good plug. The Total Felt Discord. Just a few days ago, someone had posted. I assume it was AI. It was um, Megadeth, but um, with uh, talking about cock and ball torture. <laughs> it was what, the Dave Mustaine voice. What what was what was he saying? I, it was, I guess, the definition or whatever you want of what cock and ball torture is. But it was in the Dave Mustaine voice. This is like the sexual torture of your penis and balls meant to stimulate and cause an orgasm through extreme pain. Something like kind that. Kind of. It was it was more like, you know, the hello me, meet the real me kind <laughs> of cadence and voicing, but cock and ball torture is et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Hello, penis, meet a high heeled shoe. <laughs> All right, I got to check that out, I guess. I know we rail against AI all the time, but it can be very funny. So it can be funny in short bursts, but like even with that, it went on too long. It was like first 15 seconds hysterical, mm -hmm. and that's like, oh, we're still doing this. Ah, yeah. AI doesn't understand timing yet. So something to work out. Or hands. Or hands. Um, uh, by the way, unrelated, I wouldn't plan on talking about this, but uh, I don't know if you saw. Uh, that uh, the new uh, Deicide cover art appears to be incredibly AI generated. I haven't seen that. You sent me Hour of Penance, which is yeah, like Hour of AI, Penance also so. also AI. Uh, you can tell because it looks like shit. <laughs> like yes, I don't know. I think this is going to be the way things are just going to happen. Now is it's free ish and easy ish, so. <laughs> Why pay for something and wait and you don't like it when you could just tell a computer, give me Jesus getting punched in the stomach. Oh, this is perfect. Done. Like the hour of penance thing is disappointing, but I got to say, I definitely can see it with DSI. That definitely is something that Glenn Benton's probably like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Who cares? Uh, yeah. Know, AI. Especially for the stuff that's just really being digitally released. Like it's never going to have any sort of wide print it's not going to be sold in an fye it's mm -hmm. probably not even gonna be sold live it's just gonna be like yeah go to Bandcamp, go to our website and download it and you're looking at a 450 by 450 jpeg of something i guess it doesn't really matter for some bands yeah glenn benton also strikes me as somebody who would be like do i look like i know what a jpeg is <laughs> while so, cocking his gun yeah he definitely doesn't care about that shit so um disappointing hate that hate that a lot. Um, Jordan, I had an idea for a show today. Um, and I, normally, well, Jordan, it's about time. I know. Normally, Jordan comes up with the show ideas. So if uh, this one's not good, blame Jordan for not uh, not coming up with a show idea on this one. 
I think There's... everyone blames or enjoys anything about the show squarely on you. Why? Why is that? Why is that? You're you're fifty percent of the, the whole head thing. of the website. I think you're also more public and talking about stuff than I am. I just exist, and everything comes down to you. Uh, don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I'm just uh, here along with everything. Like I don't even run the fucking site anymore. I haven't in years. Uh, I just do the podcast and uh, occasionally uh, step in and uh, tell people to get in line or whatever. <laughs> And yet, you're the guy. You're the editor in chief. You're the face of no, no, no. the toilet. I, I, I am not. Face. I am not the editor in chief. That's between Spear and Roldy. I don't. I don't. I don't handle any of that shit. They are in charge of all of the the direction of the site. I just do again, and I'm not even full podcasts. I'm half the podcast with you. So you people need to step off, okay? <laughs> you are the dementia-addled head puppet of the Toilet of Hell army. Where the real power is behind the throne and you're okay. just the figurehead. No, that actually, that sounds good to me. I like that description. I feel comfortable with that. So I am very much uh, the Joe Biden of this website uh, and podcast. Fine. Blame me for everything. Um, there's something that I have been on and off, you know, really um, enthralled with for going on almost eight years now, Jordan. Um. Are you familiar with Bardo methodology? I know Bardo methodology through our website, through uh, our Facebook group, with people posting interviews, mostly saying, look at this bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, for folks that are, are somehow not familiar, I mean, I guess this requires a little bit of backtracking to where I'm coming to this. I know that a lot of people uh, sometimes get turned off by our podcast because we tend to talk about bands that we don't actually listen to, don't care about. The Breaking Benjamins, The Disturbs, uh, The Five Finger Death Punches and such. Uh, because those are all, you know, always a, a train wreck. Uh, we can find funny things to talk about uh, with those kinds of things. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, we don't actually talk about the kind of music we listen to. Uh, which is to say things that are distinctly less mainstream and popular. Bardo Methodology is a fanzine run by one guy, a uh, Swedish feller, I believe, uh, who for eight years now has been putting out a print zine uh, with a website that features excerpts from these extremely long interviews he has with let's just say controversial artists within the underground metal scene. Does that sound like a fair description? Uh, I think you need to add that like just beyond having these interviews with controversial bands and musicians, they're often very friendly interviews. Uh, they are all uh, very friendly. Um, he go. It, it's, it's not just black metal. Let's, let's be clear there. Um, he goes from uh, things like death metal to uh, black metal to um, even things like uh, speaking with Dan Swano uh, recently, uh, Mortis. Um, I'm trying to remember who the guy was from uh, fucking um, Atlantean Codex. I think it's the only one that's closer to a traditional uh, type of metal, uh, as well as folks from like... Um, 
Michael Dinner, that's who I was trying to think of from Merciful Fate. Um, and not all of these bands, right, are um questionable. For example, Atlantean Codex is a um is a very uh, distinct outlier from a lot of these folks. But the commonality within every one of these pieces is a unique narrative style. Uh, this Bardo fella, he tends to use a lot of flowery language and unconventional structure for these interviews in which you often can't tell who is saying what, eschewing the traditional quotation aspect of it. I find it irritating as hell. Uh, I don't know if you've tried to read any of these, though. Have you? Just like one or two a long time ago and gave up very quickly based partially on who is being interviewed and promoted in these, but also because of the writing style, which, as you mentioned, like very flowery language, but also kind of just going off on tangents about like existentialism. Right. Or, you know, doing thought experiments and you don't know <laughs> who is talking. And, like, is it the artist saying this? Is it this person? And it's just very long and very wordy and boring. It is, okay, on the surface, it is very boring. Uh, but I, it's boring, for one thing. And number two, the site does seem to not solely exists for, but a large portion of its existence is there to launder and excuse uh, extreme right-wing views. Um, I think that that is something that I can say uh, with some authority having read a whole shit ton of these uh, bands that traffic exclusively in that kind of thing uh, with, say, for example... Uh, Miko Aspa or any number of the bands on Northern Heritage records that are featured for long interviews here. Uh, we can get into some of these pieces where they uh, they always find a way to excuse any kind of uh, wrongdoing here. Uh, and our Bardo methodology guy is all too keen to help them do that. Uh, we are not the first to notice this. This is a bit of a meme with people that are really in the know. They know that uh, Bardo Methodology is the guy who uses a lot of words uh, to suck the dick of uh, hard right-wing black metal musicians uh, and others, uh, as from an article that you found uh, from a couple of years ago, realize uh, that you know piece by piece, this is just there to excuse uh, these hard right ideologues. Uh, what was the piece that you saw? People can check it out. It's my thoughts born from fire.wordpress.com. Uh, the article Bardo Methodology Softball Interview on Steel Fest from 2021. Right. And I had, I had actually forgotten about this entirely. Uh, the Steel Fest thing, uh, which was an open air festival operated for years in Finland. Uh, shut down for COVID, and when it returned, it suddenly had a new uh, NSBM flavor to it, uh, which was very unwelcome for a lot of longstanding fans. Uh, but no worries, uh, Bardo found a way to uh, kind of hand wave it all away and say that those are people who were just being soft babies. <laughs> yeah, Steel Fest had a couple of real bands up at the top, like Sodom was on there. Yeah. But then, so it was like Satanic Warmaster and Goat Moon and other bands where it's not like a, hmm, maybe. It's like, oh, yes, this is what they do. This is what they believe, and there is no question. 
I mean, like Lori from Satanic Warmaster has spent a good 15 years at this point crying when anybody accuses him of any of the shit he did when he was younger. <laughs> uh, keep crying. Yeah, keep crying. I, I see you. I know what you are. You are a furry. <laughs> he, um, he likes his Nazi werewolves. He, I'm sure he has his little costume with an armband somewhere in a closet. I know. But what I'm saying here is that, you know, all, despite, um, you know, the, the the things that would keep any normal person from reading these, like, you know, the uh, obtuse language, the poor formatting, um, the poor character of the people involved, um, the needlessly uh, esoteric trappings of all of it. If you allow yourself to do a close reading here, you can actually have a lot of fun, Jordan. Um, how how would you feel if we maybe got into some of these pieces and and I can kind of describe what I'm talking about here? Yeah, I think we can do that. Uh, um, I remembered as we we're coming up with this show that a few years ago I had a banger of a tweet about Bardo methodology that I was able to refine. What was it? Lord Infant Herder. My band Baby Puncher believes in punching babies. Bardo methodology. Voltaire once said, perfection is attained by slow degrees. It requires the hand of time. <laughs> Lord Infantherder. Seriously, we just want to punch babies. That's it. <laughs> Bardo methodology. Fascinating. <laughs> Pretty good stuff there. Um, here is a piece from 2017 with uh, Australian... Um, quote-unquote death metal band Portal. Are you familiar with Portal? I'm familiar with Portal uh, more because of the vocalist wearing a cuckoo clock on his head for of some course. of their performances. Yeah. Um, They are one of the few bands that uses eight-string guitars that uh, people don't uh, jump down their balls about it like all of the deathcore bands, uh, even though, you know, it's whatever. Um, This question, halfway through this 2017 interview, with uh, the feller what from Portal says. Bardo asks, what's the ordeal that is Portal in concert like from your perspective? And if you will, will you allow me to parse that again, Jordan? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I feel like I've been hit in the head. What is the ordeal that is Portal in concert like from your perspective? Now read it in the Seinfeld voice. What's the deal that is Portal in concert like from your perspective? What 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 do you what do you, what do you make of that? <laughs> I is he just trying to ask what's a Portal show like? Yes, that is exactly what he's trying to ask. So like, <laughs> like he has his thesaurus open, trying to come up with different words for just tell us about your live show. What is the ordeal that is Portal in concert like from your perspective? It's it's and this is just such a great encapsulation of the whole fucking thing in one short question. It's take something very simple. Hey man, what's the show like for your band? And then just fucking stupid it right up. <laughs> in 14 words, tell us the glorious burden that is a Portal live invocation. Yeah, really good stuff. So are you ready for the entirely overwrought response? Coming from a band with a cuckoo clock on the head of the vocalist? Sure. How could you not be? 
I, I wish I could do a just a bogan uh, Australian accent for this, but unfortunately, that that's beyond my means. So you're just gonna have to imagine. Well, well, their their vocals are just <sighs> so you could do that. Yeah, pretty much. We'll talk about this in a little bit, but I love that bands that you know they focus so much on you know the poetry of their lyrics or whatever uh just deliver it with it's like if you actually fucking cared about this you would learn how to like sing like do clean singing but you don't you're just you're just bullshitting anyway what is the ordeal that is portal in concert like from your perspective <clears throat> similar to that of a contortionist in a sense belting out those arrangements and allowing such shapes to be played with power on the fretboard is quite torturous and requires my body to assume crippling positions. My respiration would usually be restricted by a hangman's noose tightened enough to induce an oxygen deprivation effect. These hessian hoods they wear on stage, this is Bardo, again, uh, jumping in without any indication that this is somebody else talking. These Hessian hoods they wear on stage have no eye sockets, which results in their entire line of sight becoming a mass of featureless dark shapes. People don't look human. Going back to our guy from Portal. I'm already in a higher state of consciousness before walking on stage. In fact, it typically takes an entire day to prepare mentally, letting darkness flow into me so that I can outwardly deliver. It's a sick delight to absorb what I believe is a current of negativity. Back to Bardo. He says that given the nature of this activity, it's extremely important which bands one shares, quote, ritual nights with. One previous solution has been bringing along Vomitor, an old Australian death metal act for whom Elogium has played guitar since 2012. Death dealer of Vomitor, amongst others of his kinship, is excellent to tour with. If the company is open to the same energies, very magical and crazy things will occur. Therefore, touring with Portal is always geared more towards our experience than rather how well we perform for the punters. It's all about self-indulgence. Vomitor is a different beast altogether, one which grants me instant hatred and power. What do you think about that? the answer to the question of what is a band, what is a show like for your band? I just, uh, if people are driving while listening to this, I hope you keep at least one hand on the wheel when you're making the jerking off motion <laughs> while listening to these. Um, I mean, just all of this is self-indulgent. It, incredibly self-indulgent. Vomitor for its worth, you know, uh, you can look into their background as well. It ain't good. <laughs> <laughs> so... These are guys who play guitar and drums and death to black metal bands that aren't all that particularly popular. Like yeah. they're not filling up stadiums. They may sell out a small room just based on the fact that they are not like from the United States and don't play here often. But let's be honest, they are just a couple of geeks in mass playing eh music. Right. And I, I know that these guys are in their 40s and 50s, but it is very fun to imagine them as like basically like Gen Z shitheads. Like, what is a show like for you? Uh, dog, like, I got I to gotta spend all day getting high, like before a show. And I got to, you know, like, it's it's a lot. Like, it's, it's it takes a lot. And then I get out there and I'm really high 
and I'm really paranoid and I have to have like my friends with me, the whole crew, a whole crew's got to be there, dog, or it's just not, it's not right. <laughs> I need to disassociate because this is not Riz. Yes. Like, no cap dog. I got to have my boys with me. If my boys aren't there, like, we're not feeling it. It's not a good show. Fuck the fans. I don't give a fuck about the fans. We got to have my, my crew. No cap, it's lit. So it, it helps what? to just go for it, Jordan. What's the term? Uh, what? Yassifying? Yeah. You want well, to? We need you, to do that. We we need to Gen Z yesify interviews with Nazi black metal bands on Bardo methodology. I I love that idea so much. So again, what you got here is a guy saying he has to get high all day, and he has to be with his boys uh, in order to feel good about playing a show, uh, and he doesn't care what the fans think about that. Well, I feel like instead of reason, reading the seven paragraphs we just did, we probably could have just said that. What do you think? I think that would have been more to the point and would have been a lot more tolerable than whatever nonsense was being said previously. Right. Uh, what do you say? You want to talk about a different uh, band interview here? Sure. There's no shortage of interviews. I mean, honestly, if people feel like doing it, you could just Google Bardo Methodology Nazi or Bardo Methodology NSMB, NSMBM and lots of stuff comes up. It sure does. Um, years ago, we talked about, uh, the order of nine angles. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Like the, the inner crew of like the creme de la creme of NSBM shitheads or whatever, uh, that appears to be actually somewhat funded by the FBI and the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one of the, uh, the, 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 the champions of that whole, uh, crew of lamers is Asoth. Uh, from France, uh, they uh, sadly broke up. You know, real damn shame. Uh, shortly after no. this interview was put out, you know. Uh, so I'm pouring one out for. Uh, I'm pouring out a a nice Merlot for our guys in Asoth. But uh, this was uh, for promotion for their last record, uh, Five: The Inside Scriptures. You know, you listened to that one. You liked it a lot, didn't you? Uh, I haven't listened to the first four, so I, I can't start off in the middle like that. Um, so uh, Bardo here, he he grabbed um, an interview with the guy uh, from this band, MKM. Also, Antaeus, Destruction Ritual, Mardard, Tenebre, uh, Temple of Baal, Garwell, Deviant, etc., 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 uh, he sat here and he talked with him. <clears throat> he says, the lyrics for the album's first song, A Heart to Judge, leaves me with it. <laughs> yeah. It's, sorry, it's just a very funny title for an, an evil metal band. Yeah. It's, you know, it sounds like something that would be on soft rock radio that's playing while you're getting your teeth cleaned at the dentist. The latest single from Kirk Van Houten, A Heart to Judge. Can you lend me your glove of love? <laughs> um, the lyrics for the first album, the album's first song, A Heart to Judge, leaves me with the distinct impression that trust is not something MKM places on people on a mere whim. MKM, 
accurate as fuck. <laughs> I'm the type of guy who trusts nothing and instinctively thinks of every single potential bad ending to any decision taken. I'll typically expect the worst so I can prepare myself accordingly. Navigating life is much like a game of chess, constantly planning several moves ahead. Surprises are never a good thing, and most have a negative or damaging impact. So better make sure that everything goes as planned and no time is wasted. I'm sorry, I just read that whole thing in my head as like Connor for real from Popstar, never stop the popping. Dog. Think this guy's ever actually played chess before? No, absolutely not. Um, it's just like this, like what we talked about previously with the portal thing, is not even that far removed from your uh Gen Z shithead. <laughs> Dog no. accurate as fuck. Sometimes surprises, they are bad. Just picturing all these black metal guys in their 40s and 50s with that broccoli haircut that's Oh my in. god. <laughs> and that's on God. Uh, MKM claims inability to name more than any three individuals he could really depend upon with any degree of reliability. MKM here says, just like promises, trust only implicates those who actually believe in it. Gaining my confidence will require numerous events during which one proves oneself worthy of attention. So, some individuals you barely see, but still trust on some level, while others you could confess the worst to. But as for most people, I'd counsel restraint from divulging even your positive experiences. He explains that an inherently trusting soul is highly indicative of someone who hasn't had much interaction with fellow humans. I don't even trust myself, especially considering some of the mistakes I've made in the past, such as hope misplaced in projects or individuals. If anything, there's anything to be built, I advise you to do so on your own. And rest assured, any outsider there is only to take credit and reap rewards, or simply try to bring the whole thing down. <laughs> like, my crew tight. I trust in my boys, but no one else. You know, no new friends. <laughs> this girl broke my heart. <laughs> Dog, I don't even... Sometimes you roam worse than me as yourself. It's that meme of that kid holding the gun to the back of his own head. <laughs> <laughs> um, This is absolutely hilarious to me. I, ho I hope that people out there are getting at least some degree of the enjoyment I get out of these things. Um, it, it really really bear that a lot of these supposedly serious or spooky or whatever you want to call it bands are just loser guys in their 40s with not a lot going for them. Like what honestly, what's the difference here in say like Drake aside from like I don't know millions of dollars. Millions of dollars and this guy might be like uh, not interested in children the way that Drake is. <laughs> That's the thing that actually gets. I mean, it might be. You don't know. Yeah, that's true. It's possible. Whole order of nine angles thing. Yeah, it's more likely. So basically, this guy is an unsuccessful Drake. Um, I'm getting the feeling that this seething vitriol is somehow connected to the sudden demise of Aosoth. It wasn't really all that sudden, to be honest. Such thoughts had already been floating in my head for a while. Ultimately, two incidents related to the same individual who was part of that lineup drove me to rush the decision. Last year, many sacrifices were made on my end regarding a project involving this person. Nearly 10 months were devoted to our joint venture without any income and living on personal savings. 
It ended up being an utter waste of time as well as a backstabbing situation. I got fooled and I didn't even see it coming. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, you know, never trust the haters. Trust no bitch. Good stuff. So some, uh, re some real bitch set me up mentality. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so again, if you want to read that full thing, uh, this uh, is the ASOF interview from 2017 by old Nicholas Goranson on Bardo methodology. Um, boy, it's tough to say. Uh, where, 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 which direction would you like to go from there? Uh, would you like to go more basement dwelling or uh, more knuckle dragging? Uh, knuckle dragging. Okay. Uh, here we go. Um, boy. Okay. How do you feel about Watane? I do not want anything to do with Watane. I don't. I don't really either. I gotta tell you. And apparently, they smell really bad. That's what I've heard as well. Um, the strangest thing about moving to uh, the DFW uh, is every single show that I've gone to. By far, the most common T-shirt and or backpack I see is Watane here. And I don't understand it all. Um, I, they seem to be incredibly popular, at least regionally here. How about how about where you are in the, uh, the Northeast? I can't say I've seen too many. Okay. I don't know what it is that, that uh, really appeals to these uh, you know, shitty suburbanites about Watane's message of... Um, I don't know, being uh being a Viking warlord or whatever the shit they're into. Um maybe it's uh part of the gimmick, like people being into mayhem but not actually liking the music. It's the spooky dressed up in pig's blood yeah. gimmick uh, that they like more than whatever music they're putting out. Could be. Um I know that they uh they fired a guy from the band a little while ago for uh repeatedly throwing up a Sieg Heil uh, and apparently they're like oh no I can't believe that this is happening we have to get rid of him for this decision that he just made now <laughs> And definitely not in these press photos that we took or uh you know don't look up our search history and the things we've bought from you know, Nazi bookstores. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I know exactly who who these guys are. You know exactly who these guys are. They, For some reason, they've been able to uh, kind of break out of what is generally the very limited appeal that these guys tend to have. Uh, so, whatever. It is what it is. But uh, this is this this interview that uh, Watane did here uh, focuses specifically on uh, the scourge of cancel culture. Jordan, I don't know if you've heard anything about this, the the cancel culture scourge. Yeah, we're part of it, aren't we? I think so, actually, uh, which is fun. I like being part of a, part of a movement. That's cool. Um, what's saying, sorry, the um, Bardo guy says here, while an increasing amount of today's black metal bands are finding themselves targeted with attempted gig cancellations, this was something Watane dealt with on a regular basis well over a decade ago. Back in 2007, I was made privy to an email exchange between Eric and a German festival promoter in which the matter was deliberated, deliberated upon. I retrieved it from my archives while preparing for this interview. Uh, interview uh, sorry, email says, Hail Eric. I don't know what to say. Yesterday. I love that, by the way. Hail Eric. <gasps> Hail Jordan. <laughs> Hail Joe. Uh, yesterday, I got a phone call from the police 
and where they had informed me that two bands can't play the festival. The bands are Eternity and Watain. That really sucks, but the police informed me uh, when one of the band when one of the band play, they will stop the concert. Sorry, that's just the way it's written. I'll go to police and tell them that you be not a Nazi band. You never was and never will be. For that, I need a statement for you. So if possible, send by fax or email ASAP. I hope it would help to get the permission that you can play. Uh, which yielded uh, Eric from Watain uh, saying here, fuck off. The last year we have toured Europe, USA, Mexico, and South America, and never have we experienced in one single country such hostility and unwillingness to welcome as in the shithole of Germany. <laughs> Why the fuck do you think we would care for national socialism when the only thing we want is to burn your pathetic excuse for a country to ashes? Do not blame us for the mistakes of your grandparents. We piss on their graves. Uh, what? And so the, it's not a no. No, exactly. And that's, that is the skeleton key to all of these things. It says, we've never claimed that we are this. Well, yes, I know that you never claim it because that would alienate you from a large audience. So we're just going to kind of waddle around it for a little bit, pretend that we can't all see what we're seeing. Right. You, you've never claimed this is what you are, but you're really not doing too good of a job saying it's not what you are. Right. So uh, Bardo says here, what's most amazing about this is that it worked and Watain were in fact allowed to play. So perhaps there's a lesson to be learned here. Eric from Watain says, ha ha, we've had to write quite a few such statements over the years and I foresee many more in the future, which tells me you're probably doing something wrong there, Watain guy. <laughs> These yeah, in- is there no intro- is there no introspection when like oh boy you know these people think this is what we believe in maybe we should do something about that yeah. no no um says uh these imbeciles imbeciles must be publicly humiliated humiliated in their fear and retardation which I would like to <laughs> let's let's back that up a little bit these imbeciles must be public publicly humiliated in their fear and retardation. That's the price they must pay for randomly accusing people like us of whatever nonsense they're afraid of. I have to say, though, in a black metal context, this whole Antifa business, which has been widely discussed lately, isn't exclusively negative. At least it brings everything to more radical levels where many are forced to make decisions, take a stand, and in many cases realize they're not the tough motherfuckers they've always claimed to be. What's the advantage of this? It's a matter of people acknowledging that they're not on top of the food chain, which can be a very good lesson for someone who's willing to learn. Too bad that it's all based on the delusional claims of vegetarian wedge hunters about matters as tiresome and boring as banned political opinions. Total intolerance against intolerance, anyone? Ha! The abyss will consume you all. What do you what do you what do you make of all that, Jordan? Because I feel like that's a pretty good example of very conveniently hand-waving everything that we're trying to get at the heart of there and then making it look like everyone else is stupid. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. Correct. Uh, you know how was this is Hardcore Fest, they think, had dying fetus this year? Yeah. They should do the same and have Watain or whoever one of these you know, tough guy, we just want you all to die black metal bands, mm-hmm. play one of these all hardcore fests and see what happens to them. I think I like that idea. Uh, I think it's a good idea to book a band known for 
uh, throwing animal blood in an audience with a crew of people who consider themselves uh, straight edge vegan uh, and like violence for fun. I think that would be a good idea. And just be real subtle about it, like Earth Crisis, Watain, <laughs> X looking forward X, Drop Dead, and just like see see what happens. I love that. That so we're talking about fantasy billings here. That's that's got to go right near the top for me. There's no way you could do it because people would be very upset that sure that a band like that is included. And there's no way you could be like everyone just be cool, just wait till they get here because people. <laughs> People won't, you know, figure it out, but it's fun to pretend. It is fun to pretend. Um, that, but yes, in my in my my mind palace, that's that's the show that I most want to see. Um, yeah. So when we're talking about uh, something as boring as banned political opinions, well, how do you feel about that? If it's so boring, you want to just tell me what you think there? <laughs> it's a lot of it's skirting around yeah any sort of actual answer yeah it is like i said you are the ones who are the ball lickers it's, mm -hmm. it's like i'm not the problem you're the problem right i am canceling you yes um there are other places we can go here i think this is actually a good place to move to um do you remember the band Boltzer? Yeah, was this the band where the guy has swastikas tattooed all over his body? Yeah, and it's it was a weird one because like his body is one big swastika tattoo, and also his dad was like an African uh, like poet uh, and musician. So like um, you know, despite the fact that he's a mixed race dude, uh, he has chosen to reclaim the swastika by covering his body in it and all of his artwork for his records and stuff like that. Uh, he put out two EPs that I know that whatever canceled, et cetera. I really liked, uh, I bought on vinyl from some distro years ago. Uh, and then, um, he put out a, his first full length hero in, uh, 2016 and it sucked. And I have not heard anything from the band ever since. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's Boltzer in a nutshell, I think. Any, any other questions on that one? No. Um, here says, uh, this, this is when Barda methodology is, I think at its, uh, at its finest when it gets to, uh, philosophical conversations here. So, uh, in here, the guy from Bolzer is talking about, uh, the concepts behind hero, um, the record that where he decided to do awful clean singing on, and it pretty much killed all momentum for the band forever. Um, <clears throat> I find that most metalheads who prattle on about Friedrich Nietzsche and reality tend to have studied more from Order of Chaos lyrics than they have read writings from the actual author. So, Bardo asked Boltzmann, You've actually read his work? Oh yes. Nietzsche was a massive life changer for me when I was 17. Which is it? If you hear that from somebody, you can just fucking walk away from the table right then. <laughs> I, I found the capture in the rye to be stimulating in a way that uh, nothing else spoke to me at the time. <laughs> yes, yeah, a separate piece really changed my life and how much it sucked ass. Just imagining him like with a bubble pipe. Hmm. <laughs> yes, quite. Um, uh, let's see. 
uh, in German, he's a fucking maelstrom of language and philosophy. The first I read of him was Thus Spake Zarathustra. Then I progressed to his other books. Fultzerman describes the German philosopher's ideas as essential to the worldview and perspectives he would go on to form in adulthood. His influence is undeniable and permeates whatever I do. I imagine it is something you can relate to as well, this idea of eternal reoccurrence. And this is where we get to uh, the idea with Bardo. Are you familiar with like Bardo in general? Like, I don't know why you would be. Who fucking cares? But uh, it's like a no. Buddhist concept, blah, 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 rebirth, reincarnation, all of this shit, just seven shades of like, um, you know, uh, esoteric nonsense on top of it. It's not that complicated, I promise you. <laughs> um, also known as the eternal return, it is the quint quintessential idea behind Eastern teachings such as Hinduism and Buddhism. The outlook can be traced back to both Indo-European and ancient Egyptian traditions, but fell out of fashion in the West with the rise of Abrahamic doctrine. The philosophy teaches that Everything in creation is cyclical. Everything that exists, the energy that flows through it and the very universe that binds them together is an echo of itself in perpetual repetition. Everything becomes and recurs eternally. Escape is impossible, as Nietzsche himself remarked. Boltzmann says, it's utterly fascinating. If you occupy yourself with notions of willpower, strife, and spiritual elevation, it's something you really can't pass by. It's my personal description of euphoria a vibrant stimulation of inner self as projected by a pleasing rippling through the flesh. It's what I feel when I play on stage and what I strive to achieve whenever I write or express something. When the power of audience and performer, that's when the magic happens. When this atavistic force is generated, it turns and it moves and it feeds upon itself, permeating both air and attendance. It also influences those that are instigating it. For me, this is spiritual elevation. Maybe elevation is not the right expression. It's too much of a one-dimensional expression for such a profound sensation. So, what do you make of that? His description of, I like playing live, it makes me feel really good. Again, a lot of words saying a very basic thing. I feel like speaking in terms of like everything is cyclical, um, what we have here is uh, the Beatles doing acid in India, just on much lower, <laughs> shittier sticks. <laughs> yeah, with a lot less people listening to it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, again, if you tie this all, you admit you imagine this as some mumble rapper who is constantly barred out on Xanax. It makes it so much better. Dog, what if they like, did ayahuasca and sat in the dark room for three days and this is what came out? Dog, like for real though, I was tripping. I was tripping, no doubt. And like, it's what if you don't die, but like, dog, you actually come back and like everything comes back. Like, my dad, he's gonna come back. Like, my dog, he's gonna come back. Shit. And yo, I really like, I like performing live. It feels good. <laughs> <laughs> so um i like that i'm glad that we can read nietzsche today what do you what do you think about it it all sounds very intolerable like if you really believe this sort of stuff like i do not want to sit next to you while you talk about it 
I mean, do you want to sit next to a guy who is covered in one big swastika no. tattoo anyway? <laughs> no, I'd absolutely ask for my seat to be changed if I was stuck on a plane with him. So there S- are... Stick, stick me next to the door that has no bolts on it. I'll take my <laughs> risks. Um, I have a number of other interviews that we are sadly not going to have time for. Really funny stuff uh, from Horna, in which he hand waves having actual members of uh, convicted murderers uh, and Adam Waffen uh, photographed at their show. Um, the guy from Migwood describing himself as, and I quote, a depression meme. Uh, Michael Barbarian, uh, Inquisition, um, Miko Aspa, uh, two absolute dipshits from a band called Numinous and maybe the funniest one of these interviews that, that exists. And we didn't even touch what is, I'm not even kidding, a 15-part interview with Destroyer 666. Why? I mean, KK Warslick just has so much to say, you know? <laughs> like, I couldn't even imagine a two-part interview. How is it 15? It's it's 15 parts because he didn't remove all the racial slurs that he was saying the entire time. <laughs> Just mumbling slurs and offensive language over and over again as his hairline recedes further and further from his face. Um, we love uh, leprechaun-esque uh, racist Australians, don't we? Little kiki. Little kiki. Uh, so that's that's our hour here. Again, there is a lot more to talk here. If you enjoyed this, maybe we'll do it in the future. Maybe we won't. If we, if you didn't like this, fucking leave me out of it, man. I'm not the only one with this site. You got to know that. Uh, what it's else? All we need to... on you. It's all for you, Joe. <laughs> no, it is not. What else do we need to let the people know for this episode? You can email us total hell at radio. Yep. Try it again. You can email us at total at gmail.com. Radio at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Speaking of which, Bartle Methodology has a blue check mark on Twitter. <laughs> ah, wow, that is shocking. Somebody that values their own words enough to pay $10 a month for it? Crazy. And yet I never see it popping up anywhere. So money well spent. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Toilet of Hell. Give us money, give us money. We are also on Discord if you like talking with other chuckleheads about what's going on, either in or outside of music. And that's about it. Uh, got a couple of t-shirts left over. Send an email if you want one. Uh, you do have to pay me, though, unlike all those people that forgot to pay me. If you forgot to pay me, please pay me. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.
You are listening to 66.6 FM. Radio TOVH. The Flush.